just every um, 10 o'clock service in person to hear him play. I'm just very thankful for him. So he's our next guest that we're going to be talking about um, on this show because it's all about the story. We've done several different stories. If you haven't listened to those, check them out. They're all on the website. Fantastic stories and testimonies of how Jesus Christ has changed lives. Um, and this is just another um, episode of how Christ has changed and is continuing to work in Matthew's life. So we're really excited about um, hearing his story, and we really hope this can be uplifting and strengthening um, for your faith as well. So, Matthew, welcome to the show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive right in. We we try to steer clear of uh, putting you on the the extreme hot seat right away by uh, <laughs> asking a bit of an icebreaker question. Okay. As as uh, awkward as it is that this is our icebreaker, Stephen. I don't know who came up with this, but <laughs> but it, it's the times we live in. Uh, so, Matthew, we want to give you a chance to say hi to the audience, and then uh, the question we have for you is. How has living in the midst of this pandemic changed your day-to-day, -day, changed your, your uh, behaviors, your, your patterns of life? Um, so uh, go ahead and, and welcome our audience and then uh, tell us uh, what, what things have looked like in your life over the last six months or so. Sure, sure. Well, hello, everybody. Um, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Stephen, for having me. This is a blast. Um, yeah, it's, it is, um, it's a wild time. It is a wild time. And I... There's, there's no part of my life that I think hasn't been affected, as I think, um, I think can be, the same can be said for everyone right now. I mean, um, this, this pandemic has been in, in some ways a great equalizer in terms of it's affected everybody and everybody has had to shift into, um, into a different mode of living. Um, right now, I'm talking into this microphone, I have a mask on my face. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, a, different, that's a different thing. Um, and but yeah I, like for I mean in terms of the story of the church of the past six months I mean when when things got shut down they got shut down in a hurry I mean we're sitting here in the choir room and there's I left the board up it's still you know the service that we were going to do on March 15th you know the hymns and you know the pieces and the anthems and things that we had selected are, are still sitting up there and we never got a chance to do them um, but it is it's so that was uh, an interesting wild time really a fearful time truly yeah. Um, yeah. to where you know nobody knew the severity of things and and we were just getting hit with a lot of really uh, scary information mm -hmm. um, you know but in the midst of that we were able to as a church family you know do this do the safe thing um, and and still continue to provide worship services online which were 
um, which was a blast and has been a blast, you know, as, we, as we've continued to stream that 1130 service, as we always have, but it, it has sort of taken on new meaning. And over the course of, of the, um, the ensuing months when we were just doing that, to almost use that space as a, as a worship lab to see like, okay, what elements of other services, especially musically, because music is such a huge part of that service, um, what can we, what can we bring into that service to, to, uh, to cater to all folks who are logging on, who, who need something, who might be used to a smaller chapel service, who might be used to a bigger sanctuary service. Um, you know, what else can we bring in? What else can we offer them? So we can draw them into the, uh, the ministry of, of mm -hmm. this church, even at a great distance. So, mm -hmm. um, that has been, that was, uh, has and continues to be a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, just, you know, even when we opened up the 10 o'clock service, the, the restrictions and the, you know, the, um, I, I don't like, like calling the restrictions, but it's what yeah. they are essentially. Yeah. Um, because we need to keep everybody safe. Mm -hmm. um, that is the number one priority, but, um, but it, it has provided some really great opportunities. I mean, normally in the spaces where um, we've had singing or we've had, um, you know, we do a lot of wind instrument stuff here, and especially in the 10 o'clock service. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to play every week, which I haven't really uh, had to in the, in the year and a half that I spent here before this, this pandemic. And so having the opportunity to sit down and kind of give my own offering every week has been a really... Um, a cathartic and uh, mm -hmm. beautiful experience that has really brought me into um, into my my mission more so on over the course of the week. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a freelancer. I'm involved in a million different things. I have you know plates spinning all the time, mm -hmm. and to be able to a lot of that stuff has gone away because of the pandemic, and so to be able to really focus on this and to say, oh, what am I feeling this week? What do I feel? Um, is happening in the world that I can respond to? What is happening in my own life that I can respond to? What is happening in the message? Like, where are these things that that come together to uh, that I can like put a uh, a musical framework in mm -hmm. and and deliver? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm I, I like to think I'm a very uh, I think a thoughtful person, so I put yeah. a lot of thought yeah. into into these arrangements. Um, and it's just been a really great, great exercise for me personally. And I've gotten a, a lot of uh, compliments. People have enjoyed that mm. and enjoyed, you know, the kind of the heightened presence of the organ too. Jeff Eicher, mm. our fabulous organist, um, you know, giving more opportunity for him to mm -hmm. showcase what he does and to draw people in uh, with the greatness of mm -hmm. his, not only his skill, but the instrument that we have. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, 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 been, that's been a beautiful thing. Um, uh, like I said, I'm a freelancer, so outside of the church, I do um, I do a lot of a lot of performance work. I specialize in the theater, but I also do um, all kinds of other things, and all of that work has sort of subsided. Mm -hmm. um, which again, it's been like I said, a beautiful opportunity for me to yeah. be able to just focus on what I can do, what we're able to do here, and um, you know, I think it's even helped me to foster and continuing uh, continue to grow relationships just with you know. You know, you, you two and other mm -hmm. people on the staff because yeah. been able to yeah. communicate and be around more, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, as the new guy, even though it doesn't quite feel so new, <laughs> I just passed my second anniversary yeah. um, here. It's um, it's nice to just continue to grow in relationship with everybody yeah. here. So yeah, yeah, that's really really great insight. And um, 
and so you have a little bit of what we know what Matthew does here at the church but also I want to know I want um, our audience to know um, what's kind of like two questions like what is kind of like your family background and your upbringing but also too I would love for you uh, love for you to share like how did you get into the arts and how did you get into music and and just how did you learn to play the piano on different instruments and just kind of so like kind of like your family background upbringing and also like what has driven you into music what is what brought about that passion in your life yeah um well i grew up in talmadge ohio just outside of akron right next door to mm -hmm. to pastor paul's hometown um lovely place to grow up um and we had a we had a giant old upright grand piano um growing up and i remember just being fascinated honestly with its size because it's just it was this big big behemoth of a thing that still to this day is impossible to move. Um, and it was, it's dark, kind of foreboding wood, and I was just um, entranced by, by it. And, you know, you, you know, as a kid, you get high enough and you can, you can touch on some keys here and you can, you, can, you can play a little bit, you can make a little sound. And mm -hmm. that just, it, it, it spoke to me, it touched me, it intrigued me. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that there was something, there's a whole world inside of this music box that I could unlock if I just understood it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I think I was about seven. I, I asked my mom, I was like, I, can I take piano lessons? I really want to take piano lessons. Mm -hmm. And so fortunately, we found a, a piano teacher by the name of Lucille Krakowski who lived three blocks from my house. And she um, just, like, just taught out of her house and played at a, a local Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And um, she is a, just a gem. She was just a gem, and so, but I couldn't start until I was eight. That was like yeah. the rule. It's like you gotta yeah. be eight years old, and then you can start yeah. piano lessons. And so for like three quarters of a year, I'm just staring at this instrument, like sweating, like <laughs> I want to know how to play this thing. Um, and so uh, finally, turn eight. It gets to be May. I go on uh, like a Wednesday at five o'clock in mm -hmm. May. It's my first piano lesson, and I went every single week for twenty years and studied. Oh wow! And because wow. she is, she's just magnificent um, wow. and she has helped me uh, unlock um, unlock this thing that I still continue to try and unlock every single day mm -hmm. every, time, every time I sit down at it um, but she gave me all the tools and an incredible foundation that I mm -hmm. uh, built upon when I went to school I went to school for music I graduated mm -hmm. from the University of Akron uh, with a bachelor's degree in music theory and composition and then a master's degree in choral conducting um, and then uh, yeah like I said I um, Worked at a, uh, a Lutheran church in Canton, Ohio for five years before transitioning up here. Um, I do a lot of work in the theater. I do a lot of, I play around town a lot. Um, and, and yeah, that's just, you know, you, you get hooked on something. You find mm -hmm. something that speaks to you and that you're able to speak through. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. the, that was the big thing. I remember yeah. the first time I played a song that I recognized the title and I recognized the words and mm -hmm. the, the melody is just spots on a page. And I remember the, the, it was This Land Is Your Land. And it was like, mm. oh, I, f I played it and I heard it and it all connected. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And then you, 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 um, you know, you, you start reading the words as you're playing it and you're hearing a story and it's, it's just like a hymn, yeah. you know, it's, it's, there are these, um, there are these stories and there are these messages that are powerful, but then are raised in their power. Mm -hmm. um, when you put music to them, uh -huh. you know, you can say something, you can say something with this sound. 
that's a different feeling than. That's a whole different thing, um, and you can you can just add to the storytelling that way, and that's yep. um, it's one of the reasons I love hymns. Yep. It's one of the reasons I love I love music in general. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Did I answer that question? I feel like I just oh yeah, ramp. oh fantastic. <laughs> no, no, you answer the question fantastically, yeah. and I and I think I I like what you said about how you can use music um, and how music communicates. Um, each sound is communicating a different meaning and different message and to be honest I never really quite thought that and that's very true like if I hear something um, played lower or higher and or different octaves it, it all has a different message to it and no I, I think you can definitely without using words spread a message through just music mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so just to get to know you a little bit more um, could you tell us a little bit about like your faith story? Because you said like you worked in a Lutheran church before this, and, mm -hmm. and you had involvement in the Catholic Church. So what what's kind of like your faith story? Like um, how has Christ interacted with your story, and and then how does music all that play together mm -hmm. with your faith story? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up as a Catholic. Um, I did all my sacraments. I was confirmed Catholic. I still um, a large part of me still very much identifies um, with with that side of my faith, um, but being uh, working in, in the Protestant church, working in Lutheran church and now working here, um, to see the breadth and the depth of the musical repertoire and the musical history is just, um, is just a joy. Um, so yeah, I grew up and I just continued to go, I continued to go to church pretty much all, all my life. Um, even when um, I was in college and or in high school and I was just driving around, I just would like to just go to mass. I really, really enjoy the mass. I enjoy liturgy. I enjoy service. I enjoy um, taking time out of your week or your day to just be quiet and to pray in a sacred space with other people. It's sort of different than you know praying on your own or um, or you know reading your Bible or just um, or or doing something by yourself. But when you're able to to commune and share that energy and share that space with people. Um, that's just that's just something very special. So even as I as I got older, I just kept going because that was something that fed me, it gave me space to think, space to process, and um, space to space to connect with with uh, with you know our Creator. Um, and and so I when I when I was in graduate school, I you know I'd been playing the piano for twenty odd years, and um, I. I said, you know, I'm I'm learning how to, you know, direct choirs. I, um, you know, I, I took an interest in the organ. I started taking organ lessons, and I I sort of realized that, you know, while my skill set can be used in a lot of different areas, a lot of my core skills would be um, would be put to use in in a in a service, um, and so uh, I started like looking. I sort of researching more. I mean, in my, in my graduate work, we studied a lot of different faith traditions and a lot of different music from those traditions. Um, and so I had some exposure there, but I started kind of looking for opportunities and, um, and you know, things, things come to you. You know, I, my, uh, my first position um, at Faith Lutheran in Canton um, was, I think, maybe the seventh or eighth uh, position I, I had applied for, and I had, and everybody has weird days, 
Everybody has bad days. Everybody has weird job interviews. <laughs> right. Everybody does. Um, I had a string of really weird days and really bad <laughs> auditions. Um, I remember just like two in, in, in particular churches uh, in, in Akron. I went and I, I uh, had had great interviews and and but then sat down at the instrument and just the hands just would not work. Mm. It just didn't didn't happen. Um, and after about the fifth or sixth one, I started to get frustrated, and I was like, "Well, I, well you know, this is going to be difficult to to do." <coughs> and so, um, but I remember going to the audition um, in Canton and had a really great conversation with the folks there. And then I remember going into the sanctuary, and they said, "You know, you're going to play some things on the piano, play some things on the organ." And I remember sitting down at the piano, and it was right under this big stained glass window. Um, and I remember like facing up and there's a big dove in this window. And um, I remember sitting there and I was, the sun was coming in, it was late in the afternoon and I felt this immense sense of peace and I felt an immense um, sense of place and I felt like for a moment, like when you're watching a clock and the minute and the hour and the second hand all line up, right? That, that I was in that moment and at that moment, I, I fully attribute to God. I was like, oh, you know, you, you led me here. This is where I needed to be. And I was just filled with a sense of confidence. I was filled with a sense of musicality. And I played great. And subsequently, I, you know, was there. And I spent five years there. And, and then, you know, I got another call. And uh, things changed in my life. And then was lucky enough to, to come here. And I felt a similar, I felt a similar thing. Um, I don't think I, I played because that wasn't the nature of this position, but um, but even in speaking with the committee, speaking with you and um, you and you know Pastor Dan Paul, you know felt that same sense of like groundedness, mm -hmm. as in like oh I've arrived at the next step in this journey, um, and and those those I, I attribute I attribute to God, I attribute to to our Creator, and just saying like yeah here's a little here's a little reassurance, you know. Um, I I think that music has um, a beautiful place in service, a very um, a very important place in in service. I um, I think you know sound waves in general um, have scientifically a way to that can bounce off things and can interact with other things in the room and can change things on a very small level. Um, and I think that when you have enough people in a room doing that, enough people singing a hymn or a choir, um, really listening to each other and, and committing to a sound and opening their heart, they can imbue those, those uh, sound, their, their sound, um, with their feelings, with their own personal experiences. When I talk to the choir, um, we're in rehearsal, you know, we read through the text and, and I ask them, like, you know, think about how this text hits you. Think about your perspective on here and bring that to your sound. You know, bring in, call into your mind a place when you felt like you needed strength or call into a place uh, where you felt a great sense of peace or you felt a great sense of joy and power and celebration. Um, and, and they, you know, they don't even have to be specifically times when we were, we were in worship, but knowing that everything is a part of this, of, as a gift from God. And, and so just tuning into that and then imbuing that uh, and then sending that out. 
um, I think is a way that we can um, open ourselves and allow allow this kind of physical world to sort of like permeate for just a minute and, and see beyond to to heaven or to our creator, whatever lies beyond what we're able to perceive. Um, and so the fact that I get to, I've gotten to do that my whole life, really, um, in different ways, but especially in worship, has, um, has guided me, it fuels me every week, and it is the thing that keeps me going. Like, how can I bring these people along to an experience that I know that I've had, that those hands of the clock lining up and it feeling um, grounded and confident and like you're, you're very present with God. Um, you know, try, trying to create an environment where everyone can have that experience because it's so powerful. Yeah, what you're describing, Matthew, is one of the, the more uh, beautiful examples I think I've heard of, of um, God's providence uh, aligning in a way that uh, allows somebody to really find what I like to call their sweet spot, um, mm -hmm. which what you're doing with your life right now. And, and I don't want to paint a picture like every day you wake up and it's glorious and you can hear the angels singing right, right. and you, you walk into work and everything is, is peaches and cream. I know there are uh, probably a great deal of stressors and, and frustrations in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis in, in different contexts. But uh, the beautiful uh, union of, of your natural musical gifts um, as well as your, your faith in God um, but the, the third piece that I, I think kind of ties it all together is the opportunity for you to share that with other people um, you're not just making music and uh, and doing so upon a foundation of faith but you're um, making music with other people and that powerful experience that you have of, of communing with God through music you're able to and, and very intentional about bringing other people into it um, through the, the your work with the the choirs here uh, at the church and, and the praise team and uh, I'm sure in, in different ways in, in the other venues that, that you serve as well mm -hmm. um, so getting more into to the specifics mm -hmm. of uh, what you do here at the church because I mm -hmm. honestly you know I think uh, a lot of folks who um, their their sole connection to the church is is a a uh, person who um, sits in a, a seat or a pew mm -hmm. each week and just takes in the the, um, the spectacle of the, the service itself. Um, a lot of people don't know probably the full scope of what the director of music at a, a church our size uh, does. So uh, could you share with the minute uh, with the, our folks for a minute um, what sorts of things you have your hand in here uh, at the church? Kind of the, the breadth of of your role and the, the different uh, groups that you work with mm -hmm. and uh, maybe w what is it about your role here at the church that makes you really feel um, joy and, and feel like you're doing uh, uh, service for God uh, in the midst of this role? Yeah, um, I, I like to think of it as if I if it makes it sound, it's my responsibility. <laughs> so um, a lot of it's organizational, a lot of it's making sure that um, you know everybody has what they need and everybody's on pace and that we're all communicating and we're all talking and that, okay, we know we have bells this week um, doing special music and then, oh, the choir's gonna sing an anthem. But if the, if the bells are there too, maybe the choir can sing with the bells, we can do something in tandem. Um, it's, you know, looking at, at a church year, it's trying to find, um, and the sermon series and trying to find repertoire that that's, um, congeals the message and that's, uh, that allows it, you know, the, the whole service to have a singular arc um, it is, you know, accompanying when I need to. It's doing vocal warm-ups on the keyboard. It's playing with the praise team. It's, um, 
it's you know singing and playing in the chapel service when um, when those times arise. It's working with our soloists, our quintets, um, and you know programming for them and conducting them, um, and also jumping in when we're trying to do a six-part motet and we need another voice. Um, and it is uh, and just communicating. Communication is it's the big thing because we're so fortunate in that we have so many ensembles. You know, the praise team, both the bell choirs, the adult choir, we're getting the children's music program started up again. Um, and it's, it's, it's so making sure that everyone's on the same page, we're all working towards the same mission, we're all working together, um, is, is a lot of that. But also just creating room for other folks to shine too, because we have so many talented people in this music ministry team. People with amazing resumes, people with amazing talent, and people with amazing gifts and energy to share those gifts and trying to make sure that they have all the things that they need, trying to make sure that they are, um, that they themselves are energized and um, given space to just do what they do. Um, that's, that's, you know, a large, a large part of, part of, you know, what I'm doing here. Um, and then when I get to sit at the keyboard, or when I get to stand in front of an ensemble, or I get to just talk with anyone who's, who's making music and, and check in, um, you know, it's all, it's all done with the idea that we're in this together, that we're um, trying to bring an experience to people. We, it's, a, it's almost like an inclusive club. Like, we've all sort of mm -hmm. had these experiences. We've had these moments where, especially through music, we've had intense um, spiritual either awakenings or encounters or, mm -hmm. or experiences. And it's like, oh, well, this has changed me now, mm -hmm. so how can we bring more people into this? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's fascinating, and I know that um, all of us here at the church are just really thankful for all the um, work you put in and, and leading those programs and um, providing the music and and just we, we're really thankful for um, all that you've been doing in the church. And I know it's been a huge blessing. I know you've only been here for barely over two years, but I think you've already made a positive impact um, here at Rocky River. Um, I just want us, uh, I was going to ask a question if you could share maybe a moment in your life or, or over your life um, where you've seen God work in your life. Maybe maybe it's a moment, maybe it's over a period of time where you've seen God's hand in your life working. Uh, maybe it's at the job interviews you talked about, mm -hmm. or maybe it's during um, some concert you did or something that where you saw God working through your life. Maybe it was a moment or or something that happened over time. Do you have a story would you like to share something about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th the big moments have been those moments of reassurance. I, I know that this is something I need to do in my life. I am a musician, that's what I do. Um, and, but to that end, it's a, it's a weird life. It's a weird, strange life, you know, you're not, um, most of us don't work don't work a nine to five. You know, we're going gig to gig, or we're doing, uh, you know, ten thousand different things, and we're you know there is always that that little that little sense of doubt in the back of your mind that says, um, you know, are you good enough, or are you doing the right things, or are you working hard enough, or you know these this this little like these dark little questions, um, and the the biggest moments for me have been those moments where. The hands of the clock have aligned, and I, I I believe God says, "Hey, you're on the right path. Just like keep going. I'll check in with you in a few years, just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be with you the whole time, but like I'll make sure you know, you know, every now and, yeah. and now and again." Um, 
but but that those moments are are are, are powerful. The first time I stepped f- uh, foot in front of an ensemble was was one of those moments. It um, it was my first my first rehearsal as a graduate assistant, um, and I'd been been conducting. I'd been leading stuff. I'd been doing you know theater pit gigs where I'm, you know I'm conducting you know twelve piece ensembles and and doing things. Um, but the first time I stepped in front of a just just a choir like a high level high level choir my my choir director in Akron uh, Dr. Samuel Gordon fabulous human being fabulous musician fabulous teacher um, he uh, he's you know my first day he said hey just I'm going to come out here and do warm ups I'm going to talk for a little bit just come out and stand in front of the ensemble stand behind me and just kind of like feel it yeah. right um, and I was like okay and so when I when I stepped out there, it was just it was like the world stopped, and I kind of went outside of myself for a second, and still people were talking. You know, he's teaching, but it was it was a moment again where everything just kind of felt vertical, and um, I was like, oh, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly where I need to be. This is just a little bit of of God saying, hey, good job, you made it. We were waiting for you, so keep going. Um, that that audition story um, in Canton, the audition story here. Uh, those were those were moments, um, and then I think my big uh, the big moment for me when I um, when I realized the power of of music and what it could do in terms of helping people go beyond and and have a true experience um, with the divine was I was singing a concert um, at. The National Gallery of Art in DC. We, the the concert choir at Akron, went down there um, to sing with the National Symphony, and we were in this like beautiful little garden area um, in between a couple of the couple of the wings of the museum. And um, I remember we were singing um, of Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn piece, Verleih uns Frieden. Which is basically um, what's the translation of that? It is um, "Hear My Prayer." Essentially, we did that, and then we actually did the Mendelssohn "Hear My Prayer," kind of like one right after the other. And um, they're both be- they're both beautiful pieces, um, but they're also very like soulful pieces. Mendelssohn was a very faithful man, and that is imbued in all of his work. And um, I remember I was I was sitting I was standing behind um, the brass in the back I was in the first row, and we're in a part and I'm singing and like singing and then just I know I'm singing I know I know I'm I'm there but things just kind of start to get fuzzy and things kind of start to get um, uh, you know like I guess I I have a feeling of like sort of being outside myself and like looking around and feeling that this is exactly what you need to be doing this is exactly what um where you're supposed to be and this is this is what it can be for everybody this you know this it's really it truly felt like like the you know i was just in this musical bubble and the head like sort of lifted off and the world sort of melt away melted away and i'm there in eternity and god is just all around going like hey isn't this great cool okay you're gonna go back in now but like remember this and um, and I remember like sort of coming back, and I'm, I'm still singing. We're still just we're in the middle of the piece, 
Um, and I remember looking up at, at Doc and he just has tears in his eyes and, and everyone around me is just very, very into it. And I was like, wow, I think we all just had, had the same or similar experience right now. Um, and that's the single moment in my life that I said, I need that all the time. And I want everybody around me to have that all the time because it's so, it's so great. It's so great when it's, it's clear, you know, when it's, when, you, when it's in front of you and there's no question. It's like, oh, okay, now let's go. We can go, we can go back to work, you know? Um, yeah, one of the single most important uh, moments in my life, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's uh, especially genuine to me when you can look up from that, that internal uh, encounter with the divine or, or with at least this place of, of peace that you discover within yourself and recognize that others are sharing that with you at the same time, you know, and to share that experience to me multiplies the, the impact uh, tenfold. And, and really that's what our, our goal is, our purpose is in uh, coming together as, as church. And, and you and, and the other incredible musicians of this church create those opportunities for worshipers week in and week out here. And uh, of course, some of the burden is on us as worshipers to come uh, ready for that experience. And, and with that uh, connecting uh, peace to the divine already intact in uh, so that there is the ability to encounter uh, our Lord when we worship. Um, but, you know, that's our, our goal as a church is, is to come together to experience God together. And it's something that you, you've uh, shared with us that you've done your whole, whole life is, is uh, seeking the Lord uh, in a, a church context, um, whether serving in, in churches, um, just participating as a, a member of a church family. And so, you know, the thing that draws us together, of course, with our audience today uh, who are, are listening in is this this church connect uh, connection, the Rocky River UMC. Mm -hmm. uh, we've come together around that. And I, I wonder if you can share your own insights. Um, so say there's somebody listening in today who is who is inspired by some of what you've you've shared. Um, maybe their sweet spot is is music. Um, maybe it's more uh, in line with. Uh, some guests we've had previously where it's uh, um, maybe areas of, of service or, or discipleship or, or something of the sort, um, but they're looking for that, that experience of, of unity and uh, that experience of seeking the Lord together in a community. Um, what can you share from your own experience of spending you know, the better part of your life in a church mm -hmm. uh, that would help somebody who's trying to figure out you know, what does it mean to uh, experience uh, church family? What, is it, what does it look like to pursue um, a faith journey alongside other people? Uh, so say there's somebody out there that's listening in right now that uh, mm -hmm. wants to know what, what does Matthew have to, uh, to say? What are his insights from his experiences about yeah. seeking the Lord through church? What could you share with us? Yeah, well, I think um, there, I mean, even, even when, I, when I started going and started engaging in, in my faith communities just by myself, there was this you know this like little feeling inside that says, um, you know, am I going to be looked at like weird? Like, am I going to be, you know, I don't maybe don't don't know as much about um, the history of my faith, or I don't know, you know, I don't maybe read the Bible uh, as much as I should, or whatever. Um, you know, the, you know, these feelings of um, I don't know, un unworthiness is the word, or or but just like trepidation and. To realize that like everybody is doing that same thing because it's a journey like we're all we're all if we're doing this this honestly we all know that we don't know a lot and not not in terms of just like we don't know the whole scope of our religious history or the scope of theology if we are just um, you know coming in and, and 
wanting to wanting to be a part of the community, but also you know, it's faith, and so there is there is there is that element of of just of seeking and believing and, and knowing that you know if we just keep walking in this direction that that the things will we seek will come or the things that we need to see will come, um, and just so just recognizing that everybody is doing the same thing, um, and that churches are. You know, the church isn't a building. The church is a community. The church is a is a grouping of people. It's a family, and within that, there are all different types of people. There are all different types of life experiences. There are all different types of interests and strengths and gifts, um, and that you will find people that you connect with, and you know that is the mission of of you know largely what we do. Just try trying to connect. Um, through our faith with other people and to reach out and to bring more people into the fold, to help people, um, and to and to just be be a community. Be another community. And and so to just to just try to subside any of that those those hesitations or fears and just and, and just come and experience and and talk to people, talk to people and get to know them and allow yourself to be known. You know, that's a that's that can be a tricky thing at first, especially if you're not used to doing it. Allowing yourself to be known, your journey, um, whatever it is, it's a valid thing. You've had a valid life, you've had valid experiences, and they are um, needed and wanted in these in these communities. We need people who um, have had all different kinds of experiences because this this diversity helps us move closer to to a more perfect union, and um, and so. So yeah, I would just say, you know, whatever, and furthermore, if you want to get more involved, in, instead of just being a community member, there is something going on at the church, especially here, that you can get involved in that, that fits your sweet spot. If it's music, we have so many outlets between the bell choir and the praise team or the vocal choirs or um, anything else, you know, instrumental soloists or vocal soloists um, is, 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 is it acts of service, you know, with the free store, is it... Um, community is it is it fellowship is a bible study is it you know there is so much that happens here um even now even even you know in the midst of this this pandemic there's so much happening on online um and within within the community at large so i guess the the broad point is is just jump in and it it, it will find you it what your place will find you and people will help you find that place and god will help you find that place mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's wonderful advice for um, every, anyone who's listening who uh, perhaps is attending our church or maybe maybe um, you're listening you don't attend our church but um, we definitely we we believe that there is a place for you here at the church if there is something that you're interested in um, you can always contact us and 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 we can find a place where um, you where you feel that you're called to or, or maybe you're just exploring maybe you feel like I'm not sure what I'm called to, and and you're um, following the Lord, but you need to be involved in different things to find out what your sweet spot, sweet spot or passion is. Um, so that's that's really great advice. So as we're coming here, it's about wrap this up. Um, I don't want to um, don't want us to go without hearing a little bit more um, from Matthew behind the piano. So um, one of our our last question is like, what is um, a favorite hymn that you have, maybe a favorite hymn that you love to play on the piano. Maybe you can give us 
uh, I don't know, maybe a 30 second piece or 25 second piece of, of what that is. And sure. Um, I'm sure everyone listening would love to hear your piano playing over <laughs> over my voice, especially <laughs> over Paul's voice. But uh, <laughs> so. um, yeah, I um, there's so many. I love hymns. I love hymns. Um, the uh, yeah, the one that's sitting in front of me that I opened to as I was we were kind of setting up here. Um, well, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, so this yeah. is cool. Uh, is um, I, I really love communion hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, one bread, one body, um, and uh, this one in particular. This is this is let us break bread together. Um, I sang an arrangement of this in college. Uh, a friend of mine who's a, who's a fabulous sacred music compo- composer. His name's Darrell Wagrer. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, did a fabulous arrangement of this, um, and so this is always gives me like warm warm feelings of that experience. Um, but also, it's just a great soul in there too i love it and uh beautiful hymn and an example of uh to me one of the the, uh, greatest assets of the hymns is the ability to to speak clear theology and uh and deep theology sometimes with uh with you know language that we wouldn't necessarily use in this day and age but um sometimes not and sometimes in, in very simple repetitive phrases and that hymn I think falls under that category Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, on our knees to me I think uh, let us break bread together that that's something we can all rally around but let's not forget that that last uh, phrase on our knees that we do it in a place of humility and and, uh, uh, subservience to the Lord so I I, uh, absolutely get why that is a, a hymn that you're drawn to um, before we move on to the lightning rounds, which I know our audience and, and Matthew are itching to get to, um, let me uh, throw one more at you along along those lines. What about a favorite Bible verse or mm-hmm. Bible passage? Any in particular? Yeah. Um, if there's, I believe it's it's Luke twenty four twenty nine. I did look this up. Um, it's the um, abide with me text. Mm. Uh, abide with me for fast the evening is is falling, um, and so he tarried on with them. You know, you know they're 
they're on the, the road to Emmaus and Jesus appears and they don't recognize him and then they go in and they sit down and then they, and they, and they see Christ and then, you know, he, Christ vanishes. And it's, that is a, um, the, the, one of my favorite core pieces ever um, has set that text. It's Joseph Reinberger. It's called the Abendlied. Um, and while that, that text in the, in the Bible isn't necessarily, I, I don't read it as pleading. The music for this particular piece is, 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 is kind of is pleading. Um, and we, we've done it here um, on Monday, Thursday a couple of times, and it's, it's just a gorgeous work. Um, but but that, uh, that idea that, um, you know, that he, you know, they're, they're walking and Jesus, who they don't recognize, is, is, is telling them, you know, you know, well, weren't you set on fire when, or later when they're talking, like, weren't you set on fire when he, when he was talking to us about the scriptures and like, da, da, da. Like all these good things in our lives that we don't necessarily realize and maybe until it's too late or maybe later on or maybe, um, you know, not quite as present within the moment, but then we go, oh, like that was, that was a gift. That was a gift of the moment. That was a gift of God. And um, I just, I, I, I like that idea that it is just, there's so many times that's, that uh, the presence is felt, that maybe we don't necessarily recognize it, but it's always there. That gives me a lot of peace. That idea, um, and even times when we go, oh, we can look back, like I did in those in those moments that I described earlier. Those, when I reflected on them, I went, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> and you know, and so it's it's um, that gives me a lot of peace, knowing that mm-hmm. even if we don't recognize it, even if we're not sure. Um, even if we're in the midst of like deep struggle or misunderstanding, that there is a presence there, mm. and there is a guiding guiding force there. So. Mm. And in that uh, passage, the the moment in which the two individuals were able to recognize Jesus for who he really was was the moment in which they broke bread together, mm-hmm. which uh, to me ties uh, ties those last two questions together beautifully. Yeah. Um, so thank you from share, for sharing uh, from your heart, and um, I, I suppose the lightning round continues that trend of sharing from the heart, although our hope is that um, the intention behind the light, lightning round is, uh, do we usually call it the lightning round, or am I just making that no, up? No, I think you... You call it the lightning round. Okay, I call it the lightning <laughs> round. I don't know what Stephen calls it, but to me, there's no better name. But uh, but the the intention behind the lightning round, Matthew, is to get uh, uh, whatever first pops into your head. Okay. So maybe you, you don't necessarily have to dig all right. the way down into your heart. It might be at the top of your mind. This is going to get dangerous. This should be, this should be right. fun. Yeah, <laughs> look out. If there's any kids listening, now might be the time. <laughs> no, we should be good. All right, so here we go. Uh, question number one. Favorite book? Um probably slaughterhouse five kurt vonnegut okay if we're not counting the bible that's the that's the answer well yeah. we, we always count yeah probably slaughterhouse five gotcha yeah i love it uh favorite cartoon uh the old looney tunes mm. like the okay. the original daffy duck bugs bunny old love school it. Tunes. Uh, tweety uh, was my personal favorite yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I love elmer fudd Oh yes, yeah. yes! I could listen to his voice all day long. Mm-hmm. And Roadrunner, Roadrunner, and Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Wow, love I love it. I might have to go home and dig those up. <laughs> but right now we're in the middle of lightning round, so I got to continue. Um, where do you go to reflect? Uh, I go to Edgewater. Oh, I go to Edgewater Park. It's it's okay. near my home, and um, there's always there's always um, hey, there's always something going on up there. It's always really interesting. Um, but there's always. Um, 
there's always a quiet place and to, to be by the water and I, I find um, like many people do a great peace at the water um, you know knowing that it is it is a lake and that there's an end but you look out and it doesn't seem that way on most days um, but that uh, yeah that gives me a lot of peace I spent a lot of time up there um, a hobby that you have outside the realm of music um, I cook a lot mm, I cook okay. a lot um, especially now but even before before these times I, I, I cooked a lot um, I read about cooking I love food um, mm. I um, I follow a, a mildly strict vegan diet so mm -hmm. even like taking something that is is more traditionally using like in all products and then um, kind of like reworking it sure to, 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 to fit my uh, chosen dietary restrictions yep um, it's uh, it's fun and interesting and exciting and Interesting yeah. indeed. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind for the next uh, staff party or something. Right? <laughs> uh, finally, yeah. uh, who is somebody from history that you would like the opportunity to meet? And uh, just like we didn't count the Bible, uh, we won't we won't count Jesus because right. okay. that's the automatic. Right? Okay. Yep. Someone from history. Um. There, boy. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's a million musicians you'd yeah. want to talk to, um, but I, I, but you know, it'd be fun to fuck a Beethoven or Mozart, but like not even about music, just to like hang out with them for a little bit. Um, but I think more contemporary, contemporarily, contemporarily, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there are there are presidents that I admire that I'd like to like to uh, just chat with. Yeah. Um, I think Kennedy would be an interesting discussion, Ooh. or Robert Kennedy. Wow. Um, yeah, probably probably one of the Kennedys. Oh, yeah. let me know if you work that out, because yeah. I'd love to sit in on that one. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you, Matthew. This yeah. is this has been really powerful and uh, inspirational and educational uh, for Stephen and I, just continuing to get to know you. I, I guess. Uh, um, you know, Stephen is technically the, the new guy officially, so you, I guess you've more or less passed that torch, but uh, I've enjoyed getting to know both of you over the last uh, year plus here, and uh, we'll, we'll continue, uh, friends, to, to bring um, some new folks in front of you so you can hear some of their stories and know that uh, the plan for Stephen and I is to break off into another uh, series um, for our podcast for the next few weeks, but we're going to continue to come back to this theme of, of introducing you to some folks from your church family so you can get to hear their stories and, and hopefully find some connecting pieces and, and be inspired and, and challenged by their stories uh, within your own. Uh, with all that being said, reminder that we, we continue to look for ways, once again, to connect with you um, as often as possible. We know that uh, we've, we've done our best to put several worship opportunities in front of you, and, and hopefully one or more is, is uh, meeting your needs and, and your comfort zones right now. Uh, but continue, as Matthew said, there's so much going on, even, even in the midst of the pandemic, uh, outside of, of uh, Sunday morning. So continue to, uh, to stay tuned into the, the website and the emails as they come out. Because uh, we, we don't want to lose uh, touch of you and, and we want to continue to to be intentional about being family as, as we've been describing it. Uh, and, and I have a sense that uh, I'm not the only one that needs that right now in, in the conditions that we're living in. Uh, so it's been good spending some time with you, friends, and uh, we'll look to, to come back uh, with something new for you next week. Have a great week. And we're going to ask Matthew to send us off with a song. <laughs> of course, yeah, you, you have are. a song that you can send us off with. You have a song? Um, oh, uh, I don't know. 
little, have a little, little flourish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>